BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The Neverland Podcast is brought to you once again by Audible.com. Don't forget, you can get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash Podcast. There's over like 150,000 titles for you to choose from. And it's for your iPhone, your Android, your Kindle, your MP3 player. You get to try out a 30-day membership. And uh, with how the membership works is you get like a credit for a free audiobook every month. So come and try out your free month at audibletrial.com slash neverlandpodcast. The Neverland Podcast, episode 21. You know the way people dress up and I guess I guess you call it cosplay. Like They'll dress up as a stormtrooper to go see Star Wars. Not that I've never done that, no. This guy I was, was... Barney Rubble with the Flintstones movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it hadn't been my idea originally, but it was my buddy Phil's idea. He was dressed as Fred Flintstone, I was dressed as Barney Rubble. Uh, his, I think it was his aunt had made these costumes for us. We thought, you know what, this will be fun, let's do it. So, yeah. did, you have, did you have Betty and Wilma with you? Unfortunately, no. You're kind of funny, when you dress as Fred and Barney, it, it's hard to get a couple of girls to go along with you. <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to say it, but... I can't imagine that that's... You know, I can't imagine dressing up like Fred Flintstone is really a uh, really the best way to get girls, but... <laughs> Yeah, it, it didn't really get us any girls, and I was kind of in between girlfriends at the time. I think I, uh, how, let's see, maybe it was a month before I had actually had, uh, actually just been dumped. When I was actually, actually after I realized I'd been dumped by her, I was actually rather glad I was dumped by the girl, because uh, that was my junior year in high school. So <laughs> now, if you would have went as say maybe George Jetson, I mean, you know, maybe you would have got somewhere. <laughs> oh, of course, you know, all the ladies digging the future guy. There you go. You could fold his car up and stick it in his pocket. Yep. Exactly. If I could do that, I would be James Bond, and that would be it. And then you, then you probably wouldn't have a problem. Yeah, not a problem. I'm going to go out on a limb on that one. Yeah. Well, see, well, if you're going to do a show called The Neverland Podcast, and your catchphrase is the podcast where you never have to grow up, who else do you want hosting it but by somebody who will dress as Barney Rubble and go see the Flintstones movie? Welcome to Neverland! Take a start of the right straight until morning.
Good morning, afternoon, or evening, or whatever time it is. It could be some type of time period in the day that I am not even heard of because it might be in a foreign language or any other excuse you might have, or maybe you're not really here within time or space. Who knows? You might be flying around in a TARDIS. Anyways... Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. I am once again your host, Jeremy. I hope you've kept your pixie on hand, and uh, hopefully you've stopped keeping her under the couch. We did discuss that last week. You don't keep your pixie under the couch. She will become upset, and sometimes when pixies become mad, uh, they kind of hulk out a little bit, uh, you know, and when they got a little bit of magic, they're bound to do something mischievous. So don't put her under that couch. Keep her in your pocket, but whip her on out here and get some of that magic dust and everything. Get you a happy thought. We need to fly to Neverland. We have so much to discuss, so much content, so much fun to have that really I don't have time to introduce it. We just have to get going. So uh, without further ado, uh, I want to go and talk a little bit about Free Comic Book Day. Uh, now, of course, the website is freecomicbookday.com, all one word. Of course, the .com has a dot in front of it. Uh, and, of course, if you want to find a participating store, freecomicbookday.com slash store locator. Uh, you can also, on the front page, there is some areas to find a participating store where you can just search by zip code. Uh, but I mentioned this last week. This is coming up this coming Saturday, May the 3rd, because it is the it is the first Saturday of every month. You go to the local participating comic book stores, or uh, I don't know if there's a vintage stock in your area, but some some type of shops that, you know, at least if they sell comics to some degree, uh, they are probably participating, and there will be some free comics. They usually sometimes they'll have some local artists come in and they'll be doing some art uh in fact uh there's a local artist daryl woods who will be at a comic shop that i tend to go to he's also known as darth artist uh you can find him on facebook uh he does some great star wars art uh shows up a lot of conventions very good artist uh always a cool guy to talk to and i'm going to try to talk to him uh for recording next week it depends upon how busy he is but there's always some fun. Sometimes there's even free cookies. Uh, so definitely I recommend going. Now, um, there usually is a list of comics, of course, that uh, that will be available. And it's kind of a first come, first serve. Uh, and some shops might actually let you grab more than one. Uh, the, the goal, of course, is to get you in the, the door so you'll at least... Uh, try out you know some different comics maybe purchase some things but here is the list of comics that are supposed to be on hand uh there is an archie digest number one uh i guess he's coming back there is uh, i know some archie title actually had killed archie uh there's a bongo free-for-all uh on the cover it shows bart simpson i so i'm not sure exactly what that is bongo comics i guess it maybe has the rights to the simpsons and a few other characters um not sure what's going on. Uh, DC, the New 52 Futures End Special Edition. Uh, this must be some sort of special event going on. And, of course, uh, the big companies over the summer will typically have some sort of special event. And they will preview that. So that's what I'm expecting that is. Uh, DH, Avatar Hellboy Juice Squeezers. Uh, this appears from the cover. I guess it's got some uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender. And then uh, probably if you flip it on the opposite side is where there's some Hellboy. I don't know what the Juice Squeezers is, but uh, who knows. All right, there's also going to be a Guardians of the Galaxy comic. Not surprising at all due to the movie coming out and because it's not necessarily that well known. Uh, here's something my wife is going to want. Hello Kitty and Friends. 
Yes, indeed. I'll have to pick her up a copy unless she comes with me. Uh, there's also Kaboom Summer Blast. Uh, looking at the cover, it looks like there's a lot of different kind of cartoons. I see, I recognize a few pictures from some Cartoon Network shows. Also, I see a picture of Snoopy and Garfield here on the cover. Uh, so a lot of fun for the kids. Also, there's a Mighty Morphin Power Ranger comic, uh, from the, uh, the, I don't know who's got the rights now to start producing a comic series of it, but it looks like it's based on the original, uh, characters, the first run. Uh, also here's something called Rise of the Magi. I don't know what this is about. Not at all. But here's a SpongeBob Freestyle Funnies. Uh, I believe I picked up a SpongeBob last year, so I'll be grabbing this one. Oh, now this looks like fun. This might be a preview for an event that's going on from IDW. It's Transformers versus G.I. Joe. Should be a lot of fun. Oh, and here's something I got to pick up. And for all you Disney's fans, it looks like it's another reprint. It's uh, Uncle Scrooge and Donald Duck, A Matter of Some Gravity. Uh, it looks here on the cover we have. Uh, Oh, Dispel. What was her What was her first name? You know the witch from DuckTales? It's her, and she's casting a spell on Scrooge and Donald and the nephews here. Uh, and I forgot her name. I'm sorry. But that looks like it'll be fun. Here's a 2000 AD special. Don't know anything about this. And, or The Adventures of Jellabai. Kind of a fun style. I've never heard of it before. Uh, there's an all-rocket rock, raccoon. Rocket raccoon is part of the Guardians of the Galaxy, so of course that makes sense. Uh, here's All You Need Is Kill. I have never heard of this one before or that company, but you know it's nice to get the, the independent companies get a chance to get heard of. Uh, here's something called uh, Valiant 2014. Uh, it's something Armored Hunters. Uh, special number one. Uh, we also have Atomic Robo and Friends. Haven't heard of that one. There's a character that looks kind of like Clayface did in the Batman animated series. Uh, Bleeding Cool Magazine has a photo from Amazing Spider-Man 2. I guess there's a, a uh, free version of that. Now, Bleeding Cool, I believe that is a website usually, isn't it? Uh, oh, but here's now something. This is cool. A Buck Rogers comic. Now, I don't know if this is just reprinted from the old. It kind of looks like it might be. It's very old classic style, but it could be that they've made a new comic. Uh, somebody may have gotten the rights and is... Uh, making some new ones in the style of the old. Uh, here's the thing called Raising a Reader, How Comics and Graphic Novels Can Help Your Kids Love to Read. Uh, something written by a PhD. Uh, not a bad grab uh, if you're a parent. Uh, here's something else called Courtney Crumrin. Uh, I have no idea what that is, but it looks kind of spooky and interesting. Uh, Defend Comics. Uh... I'm not sure exactly what's going on in this one. It looks like it might be like defending the, uh, you know, from censorship or something. Uh, here's something called Project Black Sky. Uh, Karen, Captain Midnight and Brain Boy. Oh, I've never heard of these characters either. There's uh, something called Entropy, Epic, uh, Finding Gossamer, uh, Way of the Blade Slinger. I guess it's a two-fur comic. There are some com free comics that will have one cover on one side and another cover on the other. Unfortunately, the website only shows one cover. Uh, Fubar Ace of Spades. Who knows what that is? That could be fun. Here's a, something called Dual Identity. It's a giant size four-comic bundle. Uh, then here's <laughs> Graphic Spotlight. It's called The Dumbest Idea Ever. Something from Scholastic. Uh, oh, this could be fun. There's something called Grim Fairy Tales, uh, Age of Darkness. Now, I'm not sure what this comic is. I don't know if it's adaptions of old classic Grim Fairy Tales or just they borrowed the name. Uh, here's one, uh, something from Far From Wonder, Wonder, something about the Hatter. Uh, I guess it looks like it has something to do with uh, Wonderland characters being outside of Wonderland or something. Uh, Hip Hop Family Tree. It's a two-in-one. 
here's something called Intrinsic, uh, something else called Ipso Facto, and uh, look, a Les Miserables, uh, Fall of Fantine. Uh, it kind of has an anime style to it, or Japanese uh, style to it, so maybe it's an, I guess it's an adaption of the story, uh, the novel. Uh, something called Magic Wind. Uh, of course, a Mouse Guard and Labyrinth. Usually, Mouse Guard and stuff, they'll have like a... Uh, a hardcover kind of big book, and it'll kind of have a lot of different stories from all these different ones from this company. Uh, I will be picking that up. I've picked it up for the last few years. They've got the rights to like Dark Crystal and Labyrinth, and of course they create Mouse Guard, which I should probably read. I, the the things I've gotten for free on on Mouse Guard is actually really creative and very good and very well drawn and and just a lot of fun. Uh, here's something Overstreet Comic Book Marketplace. Um, looks like it's an ad or like a catalog to order stuff. Uh, here's a previews world spectacular. It looks like it's previewing um, stuff coming up in some comic shops. Scam crosswords. Uh, looks like some new character I've never heard of. Scratch nine. Very cute looking uh, art on the front. Uh, it looks like a cat, a dog, and a chicken. Something called Sherwood Texas Boondocks and a Boondock Saints double feature. Uh, so somebody's got the rights to Boondock Saints. Uh, Show a history of Japan from Shigeru Mizuki. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, and then there's Skyward and Midnight Tiger. Haven't heard of these, but very nice artwork. Oh, look, a Sonic the Hedgehog and Mega Man flipbook. Uh, looks like Mega Man X, to be specific. Uh, something called Steam Wars. It looks like it's a bit of a steampunk kind of goof on Star Wars from the cover. Could be fun. Oh, look, and a Street Fighter comic. That could be cool. Uh, there's a Teen Titans Go comic here, uh, a Smurfs comic. I grabbed one of those at one point to see some of the original comics from Puyo. Puyo. Uh, here's a Tick comic book. I'll have to grab that one. I liked the Tick. Uh, Top Shelf Kids Club, uh, Uber the First Cycle. Don't know who that is. Here's a Valiant Universe handbook. Uh, v Wars. Not sure anything about that. Uh, Worlds of Aspen. And finally, something called Zombie Tramp and M Theory. Uh, that's all the comics that are listed on the website here for what's going to be available to you. Uh, once again, there is a store locator right here at freecomicbookday.com. All right, now moving on to some news. I just grabbed a few quick highlights of news because I've got so much content i got to keep going. Uh, McDonald's fast food chain has amazing Spider-Man Happy Meal toys. Uh, they're both for boys and for girls. Uh, there's a couple of figures for the boys and a lot of different things, a mask, and the girls have like neat little cases and stuff. And the, the colors are what set them apart. The, the girls' stuff tends to be in pink and things like that. I guess they figured girls like Spider-Man too. Hugh Jackman will be appearing on Monday Night Raw this week in promotion of X-Men Days of Future Past. And now, last time he appeared, he actually... No, the, not part of the show. I mean, it was part of the show for him to hit Dolph Ziggler, but it was not part of the show for him to crack his jaw. But he cracked the jaw off Dolph Ziggler. So, hey, you, remember you got to open up that fist, okay? I think maybe he's used to not actually making contact when he throws a punch at somebody. But uh, in wrestling, no, you got to make some contact. And I think he forgot, hey, yeah, op don't ball up that fist. So, uh, you know, Ziggler doesn't bear anything against him apparently, though. So he's going to be appearing perhaps with Ziggler again. I don't know. Uh, here's some fun news. Uh, Star-Lord from Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy will be getting his own comic book series soon. Uh, I didn't dig in on this story because I really didn't have time to. 
uh, considering all the info I have here. But yeah, he's coming up in a movie, and hopefully uh, more people will be interested in Star-Lord, and we'll be picking up some comics when he gets his own series. Okay, the Star Wars canon has also been decided. You remember oh, several episodes, I mentioned that they were kind of meeting together to decide what was considered to be canon. Uh, big surprise how this was decided. Uh, so basically the decision... If George Lucas produced it for film or TV, it's canon. However, the expanded universe may still be used as inspiration for future projects. Uh, there are going to be some standalone films. Uh, we already know a, a possible Boba Fett movie. Uh, well, so there's nothing new here. It's the same policy that George has always had. Uh, but you can expect some re-releases of Star Wars books. I believe they're calling them Legends. Uh, so that some of the Timothy Zahn novels will be coming back out. So uh, this could be fun. If you're really into the Star Wars books. Speaking of which, don't forget, uh, on my website, I do have a picture. There's a, uh, to go to Audible Trial, there is some Star Wars books available at audibletrial.com slash Podcast. Okay, moving on. Uh, this Tuesday, I'm excited about this one. You can expect the release of Beanox's The Amazing Spider-Man 2 for Xbox One, Xbox 360, PS3, PS4, Nintendo Wii U, and the PC. On a new trailer I've seen today reveals the Shocker and Carnage will be in the game. Uh, also, there's a, a new feature. It's, they're calling it a Hero or Menace, and it will be determined by your actions as Spidey. So if you let crime kind of run a little too rampant, you'll be considered, I guess, more of a menace. They're trying to add in that aspect of choices you make affecting things in the game uh, and also you can expect to spend more game time as photojournalist peter parker as you discover the motives of marvel villains so uh, a little bit of investigation a la the uh, batman arkham games perhaps except for you get to be peter sounds like it could be a, a lot of fun now one thing i have to wonder is okay you have carnage in there but i haven't heard a mention of venom because if uh, if you know anything about venom and carnage um carnage is kind of the spawn of venom uh, so I'm not sure what angle they're going with, but due to these movies being based more off the Ultimate Spider-Man line, uh, Carnage and Venom were kind of a, an experiment from a lab uh, to make the uh, symbiote suit instead of being an alien. So I'm not sure what angle they're taking with Carnage, but uh, I'm excited to see him in the game in some fashion. Batman vs. Superman, or whatever they're calling the movie, hasn't officially been titled, really. Uh, but they have added Cyborg to the cast of characters. He's also being prepared for a potential Justice League movie, perhaps. Uh, he's being played by a man named Ray Fisher. I've seen the photo of the guy. He looks the part. Uh, I'm really expecting great things. Uh, and, okay, I have to cover this because this is a nostalgic type of thing. But Jim and the Holograms has been cast. Aubrey Peebles will play Jem, Stephanie Scott will play Kimber, Haley Kiyoko will play Aja or Aja, I don't know, I didn't really pay attention to the cartoon, so I don't know how to say that, and Aurora Pirino will play Shayna. Okay, so I've seen, there's the teaser pictures, I gotta say they look pretty creepy. Jem uh, has, of course, big pink hair and too much pink eye makeup to keep her, you know, she, she looks like... Dee Snyder from Twisted Sister with pink makeup. But it's it's the big makeup that was on the eyes. From a, If you have seen images from the cartoon or you watched it, they're, they're making it as close to the cartoon as they can. And on a human, it looks 
really bad. Sort of like, uh, remember the live-action Dragon Ball movie? Yeah, how it just doesn't quite work. But that's what it looks like. Okay, but that's the news I have for you today. Not a whole lot of news, but uh, that's the interesting things, and really because I do have to move on. Now I have a cool special feature for you. Uh, I went to a local theme park uh, called Worlds of Fun here in Kansas City, intent on uh, checking out... Uh, the new ride for this year called Steelhawk, which is an import from Knott's Berry Farm out in California. I don't know what they called it over there. Uh, the The ride is not actually open yet. There have been delays, but I was able to talk to one of their employees. Um, so I've got several clips here from Worlds of Fun, and I'm just going to throw them up here for you to enjoy right now. All right, Neverlanders, that's kind of a special feature. I'm actually entering a local theme park here where I live called Worlds of Fun, where I'm going to try out a new ride they have called Steelhawk, which apparently used to exist over at Knott's Berry Farm, owned by the same company, which they just recently ported over. So we're going to check it out. Okay, as I'm kind of approaching in the park, I figure what I'll do is, uh, if anyone who is used to uh, shows like Window to the Magic uh, that gets to cover nice parks like Disneyland, uh, I will, as I march through the park towards the ride, which I'm starting to wonder if it's not running yet, because it's uh, I don't I haven't seen anything going up on it. It's basically this big spinning swing. Uh, but I will take you through the park and let you hear the sounds of the park, which are not near as interesting as you might hear on a Disney podcast. But, you know, you might enjoy it. You might not. But we're going to try something new here. Uh, throughout the summer, since I have a uh, passport to the park, uh, I'll be able to make frequent visits and maybe we'll be able to talk to some different uh, people and uh, have some fun with it. We'll try. The coaster. Um, they were wanting it to be up and ready, but then we got some random snow days um, that kind of extended out. So they're saying end of May, and that's what our website says too. End of May. End of May. Okay, so Steelhawk, I thought mainly was going to be a like a big swing where it goes up yep, in the air and swings a, around, but you yep, mentioned coaster. It is 301 feet. Wow. Um, which is taller than Mamba. So. Yeah, I've noticed. Mamba's 205, <laughs> and it's 301, so about 100 feet. Um, so what it is, you can actually go to it, and you can see it, and you can see what it looks like, because they've got the seats on it, um, and the main structure of it's built, but it's just not... All the inside stuff's not done yet. Um, so you can see what it looks like and everything. And then um, what it'll do is you sit in your own individual little swing. And then it starts swinging around and it swings and corkscrews up. And as you go up, you start to tilt out. And you'll be at a 45 degree angle all the way up 301 feet in the air in a swing like this. <laughs> in a little, You can see the swings look like you, it, it doesn't sound terrifying. So you're like, oh, it's a, it's a tall swing set. But then you go and look at the chairs and you're like, that's That's really scary. tall, though. And it goes really fast, too. Um, it, it goes pretty quick. It was called... When it was at a different park, it was called a different name, like Wind something, Wind Seeker. Um, yeah, it was over at Knott's Berry, according to some friends of mine from California had yeah. noticed. I was like, oh look, I used to love that ride that's brought over here. So yeah, they're excited. They're, um, you might see news reports that say it got brought over because it was unsafe. Um, I don't know if you've seen that or heard that, but nope. the reason why, um, just in case you do see it, the reason why is in, um, and you can read all about this on our website, because Channel 4, Fox 4 News did a report about it, but um, in California, they're, even though we're both Cedar Fair parks, um, in California, according to their state's, like, ride rules, it, the inside, the maintenance ladder was not tall enough to be considered safe. The cage around it did not go all the way to the top of the ladder. So California deemed it unsafe. 
because of that. Not because of the ride, Not but because the, the cage on the inside for me didn't go all the way to the top. We have extended the cage and moved it to Missouri, and we got rid of Grand Prix. If you are a frequent Worlds of Fun person, that we, was the old go kart track. The old go kart track that you had to pay for. Um, yeah. So we uh, sold all the cars for that, and we got rid of it. And now it's in Grand Prix's place. So it's over by Ripcord. Um, so you can see it over there. But they are expecting it to be up towards the end of May. Okay, I'll definitely come back around that time and make sure that yeah, I write but you it. can go up and look at it. It's really cool to just look at it and see them kind of building a roller coaster. <laughs> it's not like carnival rides where they go yeah. up and down all the time. Like this is meant to stay forever. Yeah. So, um, but that's why it got moved. If you do more investigating in here, oh, well, it got moved because it wasn't safe. Well, it is safe. If it wasn't safe, we couldn't have it yeah, here legally. Yeah, we couldn't have it. The state of Missouri says it's safe. Cedar Fair says it's safe. It's safe in every state except for California. Well, California's weird anyway, so. <laughs> They're very strict. So. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So it's good. It's fun to look at. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll take a picture and I'll post it. So it's it's difficult to keep track of your cards sometimes, especially if your oceans are fun and can get wet and get lost. Your bathing suit doesn't have a pocket. Mm -hmm. So this year, what's going to be new for season pass holders is we're getting a RFID wristbands, the ah. jelly bands, um, like the Love Strong bracelets, and those are expected to come hopefully around the same time as Steel Hop. Um, and we'll be able to issue those out to our season pass holders. And so what they can do is they can leave their card at home and they can come in here and scan. Um, other things that it's nice too is that maybe grandma and grandpa bring them sometimes. So mom and dad can keep the card and the kid can have the jelly band so he can come in with grandma and grandpa. Yep. Um, ah, competing so, with the uh, Fast Pass yep. Plus system so over you, in another park that yep, we won't mention. The Fast Pass Plus. <laughs> so we've got those jelly right. bands that you can use so you don't have to carry your card anymore at Oceans. And well, one nice. thing you're going to be able to do as a season pass holder is you can do fast pay. So you can go up to these kiosks we're going to have, scan your bracelet, it's going to pop up your information, and you'll set a little code to verify it's you, and then you can preload cash into this kiosk like $100, and then you can go around and buy food with your band instead of having to carry cash. So you have to carry nothing. nothing. And even the lockers. So you don't have to worry about dropping all your yeah, stuff off a roller coaster. And even the lockers now that used to have keys, like at Oceans of Fun, the lockers mm -hmm. had keys, those are now with a code. So you don't have to carry a locker key, you don't have to carry cash, you don't have to carry your season pass. It's oh. all going to be on that bracelet. So you don't have to worry about losing anything or keeping track of anything or anything getting wet or dropped or off a roller coaster. It's all going to be right there. And then mom and dad can load money onto that too for, for little kids. Yeah. You'll be able to use that food, games, retail, yeah. pretty much anywhere in the park. Sending your teenager into the park and wanting to keep them on a budget. Yeah. Say, this is all you're allowed to spend. Once it's gone, you're done. It goes on your band. <laughs> then when it's done, it's done. Oh, yeah. that's going to be cool. It's going to be really awesome. We're so excited about that because some places like Great Wolf Lodge has those. Um, a few other places like that. So we're excited to get on that bandwagon because yeah. that's the biggest problem here is that people lose money. And when it's gone, it's gone. It's cash. But yeah. those those bracelets can be tracked because of your season pass holder. We have your picture. So if you go up to a game and you want to play a game, when you scan your band, we'll see your picture come up. So if somebody else finds your band on the ground and they come up and try and use it, we're going to say, well, no, this isn't you. And with the band, you're going to feel it fall off. Yeah. Because it's on your wrist. It's not in your pocket. So it, you'll notice if it falls off a lot too. Now, if only you could get my phone attached to it, because this thing I worry about falling out of my pocket. I know. 
That is the one thing that we can't do yeah. in car keys. But you can put those things in that locker if you want. Oh, like you can, the, put, you can put your car keys in that locker. So we're gonna have a car like that. Speaking of which, here was my card we're I left behind with the guy. We're talking about that. Um, so you know, you can put your car this keys in that useful. locker and not have to have that. And, and we did add Fastlane Plus this year, if you're familiar with Fastlane before. Yeah, I saw a little bit of Fastlane yeah, last year. Now we've got Fastlane Plus, which includes Oceans of Fun. So oh, that's okay. what plus, the plus part is. So we have Fastlane, which is just Worlds, and then Fastlane Plus, which is Worlds and Oceans. And this is where you don't have to book a time for it. You can just you know, go stand in a line in a shorter area. Yep. Which you, gives an advantage so, over any Disney park that you have to yep. book a time like six months no, in advance with their current no, no, system. No. That's no, crazy. You get the, what it is, is you get to go into a shorter queue line. So you bypass Which is it. nice. You still have to wait, but it's a different system. So instead of having to wait as long, you get a shorter line. And yeah. Which is really nice too at oceans whenever it's you hot. have to go up all of those stairs <laughs> and then stand there this way you get to kind of go up a, sh a shorter thing you have a shorter queue line but if it's a saturday and we've sold a lot of those and we'll kind of monitor them so we'll we'll say all right we're only going to sell 200 of them today so if we sell 300 of them then it's not worth it yeah there's too many people Cause, then because that's too many people so we're only we do limit those so, and could that be something nice. that you attach to the uh, uh, the, the bands and everything, know. so you could like be able to have, have them scan it and well, say, "Yep, you bought one today." So. They have their own band. They're right now the Fastlane and Fastlane Plus are a paper band. Ah. Like when you measure children for their height. Um, right now it's a paper band. I don't know if that's loadable onto the Jelly Band because I don't know if we would be able to distinguish if it's a one day or an all season. We also have the all season meal deal this year. Yeah, I saw that on the website. Yep. So. so the day meal, the with the day meal is if you're just here for one day, you get the meal deal. Um, it's about twenty-five dollars ish, uh, roughly. And then um, what you do is you get to eat every ninety minutes in the park. You get a drink and or you get an entree and a side. Um, it doesn't include a drink, but it includes an entree and a side, and it's as much as you want every ninety minutes. Um, and then with the all-season meal deal, what that is is that every time you come to the park, you get to eat twice, and it's separated by two hours. So you get an entree and a side, and then two hours later you get an entree and a side. Uh, and was that, the drink part of that? The drink is not part of that. Oh, okay. Most season pass holders buy the bottles. Yeah. Because they know the value in them. Yeah, um, we still have ours from last year, but they're probably not we, good this year. No, which is why we didn't make it part of the season, make it, uh, part of the all-season meal deal. Because then we'd have to make it more expensive, and most of our season pass holders have the cups anyway. Yeah. So, um, it'll it kind of benefits those who do get the cups. And so what that is is it is eighty dollars. And the more you buy, the cheaper it gets. Um, so if you're buying like for a whole family, you end up getting like a $5 discount, $10 discount, things like that. Um, so with that one, every time you come, you can eat twice. And you know, if you end up coming to the park, I mean, a turkey leg is $10 alone. <laughs> yeah. And then fries are $2, there's $12. Yeah. And if you times that by two, you eat twice a day, well, you know, there's $24. You've already paid for one fourth of it. So if you're com coming four times, to the park, well then that is going to yeah. be well worth You've it. paid for it. You've paid for it. How does that work with like snack things like funnel cakes or the frozen yogurt and stuff? Does that... There's a list of places that it works at um, where the you can get them to participate in that band. Um, so the funnel cakes aren't part of that because it's not considered 
like an entree aside. Yeah, I don't so, know if that would count as your sandwich. Yeah, like no, you go buy some chicken strips like, somewhere and then come over and get a funnel cake oh, and go yeah. with it. So like um, pizza's pizza right down here. That's one of them. I think you get like a sliced pizza and a side salad. And then Vittle Griddle is another one. Um, the barbecue place down by the train station. Uh, I Battle still have Creek never barbecue. eaten there. Battle Creek Barbecue <laughs> is one of them. Um, so those are a few of them. And then um, over at Oceans of Fun, there's Beach Bites and Calypso Cafe. So there's even a couple places at Oceans that have um, that participate in that too. So it's definitely worth it. If you're going to come here it. enough and you want to eat and stay all day. It's worth it. Yeah. It's definitely worth it. So it's it's a really nice deal. And you know what we see sometimes what families are doing, um, which kind of cheats the system, but that's all right, <laughs> where they'll get it for mom, dad, and maybe they have two kids, and they'll just get one of them because they can split the meal and then eat it later and split the meal, like for little kids. So it kind of works out a lot for families. Yeah. Because you can kind of all share. So... Because you can eat twice, and you've already paid for it. And some people have even been coming in just to get food. <laughs> like, they're not riding. They're just coming in to get food because they've already paid for it. Sure. So if you're driving as well. by and you're hungry, you don't want to cook, you can come in, get some food, and I might have to home. use that excuse a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got your pass. You don't have to pay for parking, entrance, or the food. So sure, you're good to go. Sounds like a good idea. Yeah, we got a lot of new fun stuff this year, so we're really excited. It's not just the seal orchid. It's some other things going on. We're constantly improving. Last year we did that huge oceans upgrade because we went into one park, and this year we're kind of going across the board. How can we make that one park more unified, better? How can we make it more convenient for the guests? Yeah. So we're getting there. Well, I've got a lot of interesting, good information there. Uh, let's just record some audio here for a little bit. You should enjoy. Okay, so that sound is from a 1918 carousel. Uh, in 1918, uh, former cabinet maker Marcus L. Illions meticulously carved 64 jumping horses and two chariots to create the Illions Supreme Carousel, one of the most famous and reproduced carousels in the world. Known for all their wood horses with high swept manes adorned with jewels, and only five original Supreme models were ever built by Illions. Now installed at Worlds of Fun, the 90-foot carousel is one of only two operating in the world. And it's kind of nice we have it. It's a very big, nice carousel that actually plays music the old-fashioned way, and I always love swinging by it, and I usually give it a ride every time I come by. Another new feature I'm finding here as well, I'm waiting to ride the train here at Worlds of Fun. Uh, there are screens that are showing, uh, looks like concert footage, music videos, something called Fun TV. And it also has switched over to an AccuWeather uh, report here. Actually, it's currently 72 degrees while I'm sitting here. Uh, it actually is even showing the moon phase. Very interesting, so that's definitely a big improvement for this year. Alright Neverlanders, if you're able to hear in the background, they actually on the screens right here are playing Nirvana. Oh. 
I don't know if that's picking up, but there it is. All right. On the left side? Oh, I'll hang it over here. Hold on with the right hand. All right, Neverlanders, I'm about to take a ride in what we call the Viking Voyager around here. Uh, the only thing Viking about it really is the boat. It's kind of a long plume rhyme of sorts. But oof, it gives you a little time to just float along and reflect. Uh, now, my wife and I had commented last year that what this this ride really needs probably is, uh, I don't know, some statuary, some animatronics or something, something Viking or a dragon or something for you to float by because uh, essentially you're floating along this little course and it's fun. It's just kind of a nice leisurely ride and with a big splash at the end. Uh, so nowhere near the levels of Pirates of the Caribbean or uh, Splash Mountain, but it could be. This thing has potential to be like this great storied kind of ride, but there's no story here. It's just floating along. I don't know if any of the sounds you can hear in the background is really worth anything, because all you can hear is flowing water. Ugh, and me going up a hill on a thing here. Alright, I'm coming up on the first drop where I might get a little wet, and hopefully the recorder doesn't get wet. Okay, I felt a couple of drops on my legs, alright, so that wasn't really anything. But, ooh, I did pick up some speed. Rocketing around the corners. This is nowhere near as fast as the Mamba that I just got off of that that uh, my body was not ready for the G-forces that I was pulling. This is more the speed of a, you know, going on 37-year-old. <laughs> but I'm going to do some roller coasters this year. I probably won't be able to record on a roller coaster. Besides, all you'd hear is the wind blowing by and me probably screaming my bloody head off. Not in a girly way, but clearly in a man way. Ah, I can hear some crickets here in the background. I'm riding here at night, so... Makes it more fun at night. Everything's lit up around here. Park's about to close in about 10 minutes. We're moving at a high rate of speed. All right, I got like one more curve, then I'm gonna go up a uh, larger hill and have a heck of a drop where they were actually going to take a picture of me as I go down. So I might try to make a face. And if the picture's good enough, I might try to get a picture of it on my phone, but it's probably not gonna work. But if you happen to see the, the featured image for this episode, if you see a picture of me, then you know that I got it from here. Alright. Anyone in Kansas City is very familiar with this sound. The what? Alright. Neverland! <laughs> oh! Okay. Recorder got a little bit of water. I better dry it off on my shirt. <laughs> but, <laughs> Neverlanders, that was the Viking Voyager. All right, for you, the listeners of the Neverland Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I have been telling you for weeks they do have The Hobbit unabridged. They also have some Star Wars books. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash neverlandpodcast. Again, audibletrial.com slash neverlandpodcast. You get your free audiobook and a free month to try out the service. All right, Neverlanders, for today's special content, uh, 
I like to kind of, of course, throw back to the nostalgia, and there's a lot of songs always when you're growing up or even as an adult that you've kind of, you know, it's always going to take you back and give you some sort of a memory. Uh, and so I'm going to actually focus on Disney because, let's face it, there's a lot of Disney songs, and they all have some sort of memory for most of us, be that from a movie or maybe from a trip out to the parks or, you know, this could even be, you know, something, maybe you heard it on Radio Disney. I personally don't listen to Radio Disney, but I'm sure plenty of people do. You won't expect to hear me giving it on my list. But we are here with Tim Devine of TheMagicAndPixels.com. Say hello. Hello. How are you guys? Glad to be here. And uh, Tim is joining me to talk because he's a Disney guy. He's uh, He's got a great website where he's got all these really cool photos he's taken around Disney World and uh, even some Disneyland pictures. Uh a lot of different attractions. You can even buy prints of your photos, right? I do have a store, yes. It's under a little bit of renovation right now, but uh, it'll be up and running fairly soon, and it should be a much nicer user experience than what used to be up there. Well, that's good. Uh, are you planning on at some point having, like, calendars to where, like, maybe somebody could go through and choose, oh, these are, like, 12 of my favorite pictures that you've done, and then they could order a calendar with those pictures for the months? That's actually a really cool idea. Um, I did a calendar a couple years ago. Um, the only problem with it, it was it was a little cost prohibitive to do a full bleed, full color, really nice product because I'm I'm very particular about what I put out there, yeah. either on the web or on print or anything like that. I'm, you know, I I, uh, I really try to keep the quality as high as possible, and it was it was a little bit cost prohibitive. But if there was a way that somebody could say, "Hey, I like these twelve, make me something." If I could find a way to do it logistically, it would work. Let's let's give it a shot. Yeah, actually, uh, through having my 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 site my site's been up since 2006. Like I've been write I've been writing and being a photographer for Celebrations Magazine since it started. I know the guy that publishes. He's a buddy of mine. I've thought I've gotten I've gotten paid to do work for Swan and Dolphin. Yeah, you talk about you talk about having a good time there. You go, you know, Swan Dolphin calls you up and wants to pay you to come take pictures for them, and you know, getting paid to do something I'd be doing anyway. Yeah, I'm gonna let you go ahead and name out the first song on your list because you are the guest, and it gives you a chance to maybe name in one of those songs that I'm gonna say yes, that's on my list too. Well, for full disclosure, I am a huge Disney park music fan. I actually have many, many, many gigabytes of park music on my computer and, by extension, my iPod. So, if I'm going to fire a track out your way, it's probably because I have it and I listen to it repeatedly. I'm going to go from leading off and playing center field here. I'm going to go with Zippity Doodah. Oh, yes. Birds on my shoulder. It's the truth. It's actual. Everything is satisfactual. Zip, but it. Yeah, you gotta love it. It's it's upbeat. It's it's got a good rhythm to it. It it, it gets you. It, it, it's a quintessential park song. Oh yeah. And heck, I remember uh, as, as rare as that film is from. Uh, I, I remember as a little kid actually seeing uh, just that clip. Is the only thing I remember of Song of the South when I was a little kid is him coming out singing Zippity Doo Dah with the birds coming out, and uh, then actually uh, the school system that I came out of here, the, the North Kansas City School District, we actually used to do a Song of the Month, and there was one month that Zippity Doo Dah was our Song of the Month, so we got to learn it and sing it every day in music class. It was great. 
Yeah, it's pretty cool. But roll with it, man. Oh, yeah. I really wish Disney would come to their senses and with the appropriate historical context, release Song of the South. Yep. Put some bonus material on there, Put some, package it with some bonus material, presenting it in the context that it's supposed to be in, mm-hmm. and get it out there. They would make a fortune off of that. Oh, if, yeah. if you can go to the store and buy Blazing Saddles, <laughs> <laughs> why can't you get Song of the South? Exactly. Well, there are ways to get it if you know to go to the right uh, pirate location on uh, <laughs> the internet. And I, I, I may have, or may not have it. I have a DVD of it that I just happen to have I don't know, appropriated, and it's it's actually a really good movie. It's it is. It's got a nice. It's got a cute story to it. Um, it's it's got a moral and a message to it. Mm-hmm. And. Uncle Remus is an awesome character that nobody even knows about. Yeah, and he, oh, he's brilliantly portrayed in that movie by that guy. And if I'm his name later, if I'm and if I'm not mistaken, was he not the one of the first black actors, if not the first, to win an Oscar? Yes, uh, Walt himself actually pushed for that as well, saying, "Hey, you guys got to, you know, I know this is kind of a regular, but you guys got to check this guy out." And you know, he really kind of leaned forward to. To push that and say, hey, you got to check his performance. He's really good. And he apparently he, he was so impressed. You know, although Walt was not big into doing sequels, he did want to use that actor again and maybe find some more Uncle Remus stories to maybe put out as some shorts. Apparently, we're looking for James Basket, by the way. James Basket. Okay. All right. But moving on to our next one. Um, now I kind of did like a, a mixed bag on how I wanted to go with this because. There's more than one song in this movie that really always kind of gets me, and one of them's kind of more park-related. But the main song, okay, every year there was like a tradition on, uh, at least on network television, back in the days when all you had was a, you know, a click, you know, by turning a knob, and you could watch maybe five total stations on the entire television. Every year there was something you could count on. You would always be able to find The Wizard of Oz, one specific, specific holiday every year, and also Dumbo. Dumbo was on every year, and I even had a little read-along book of Dumbo, and I can't help it. I hear Baby Mine, and I'm manhood goes right out the window. You're just going to, okay, I'm not going to cry, not this time. I'm going to hold it together. And my wife even... Uh, Oh, she really bugs her because she likes... Oh, I can't think of the guy's name now. Michael Crawford. Uh, on one of the DVD releases of Dumbo, I have two versions of Dumbo. I've got the, a, a DVD release uh, from a, a previous anniversary and then a more recent Blu-ray uh, release. But on the old DVD release, they actually had Michael Crawford singing Baby Mine as a special feature based from an album of Disney songs apparently he released. And even with him doing it, it's just... Oh. You get the vapors. The first time that song really hit me was the first time we went to Disneyland and saw Magical. And it was and and the reason I say it is because I was a fairly new father. The song really had no emotional impact on me at all up to that point. And then all of a sudden it was like, well bam, manhood on the ground. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. I'm with you on that one. Good call. Oh, yeah. See, the other alternative was I have noticed whenever I hear the audio from a park of the Casey Jr. ride, it kind of brings back some of those memories when I hear the Casey Jr. song. But of the two, picking something from Dumbo, I had to go Baby Mine. Good call. The Casey Jr. The Casey Jr. is a better ride than Dumbo, but probably is. I haven't ridden either one of them, unfortunately. I am up and ready to knock one out of the park, and I'm going to go. I'm going to go eclectic on you here. Okay. The World Showcase Area Loop. It's got it's got it's got a just a track, you know, random track from all the different countries, and it just kind of splices together. It plays for about about an hour, hour and change, and I love it. I love it. I love the culture of it. I love the different kind of kinds of music of it. It it evokes a memory of just walking around the promenade, past the country, smelling the foods and seeing the sights, and it's a really awesome time killer when you're driving in the car. Yeah, it's, it's an hour long, then sure. And it's it's just it's got a great sound to it. I mean, you ha- I guess you have to listen to it to really to really get it. But it's it's a good track and it's very enjoyable. Yeah, we'll prepare for the punishment on me. I've the, on the one trip that I had down to Walt Disney World, we did a day where we split it between going to Animal Kingdom in the morning and and big chunk of the afternoon, and then we tried to do Epcot kind of later in the evening. And our feet were killing us, and we were so tired that we managed to get on like a couple of rides at Epcot, and I think we got as far around as Maelstrom, and then we left, and we didn't get back. So I really didn't get a chance to experience the whole World Showcase, and I really didn't know what I had missed. And we didn't even manage to ride Soarin' because we didn't realize it was there. But I find out all the stuff I missed now by listening to Disney Podcasts. I'm like, oh, what was I thinking? Epcot's got so much stuff. Epcot will kill your feet if you give it a chance, though. Yeah, but the park is awesome. I mean, I could I could really go there, spend an entire day, just walk around taking pictures because you know it's kind of like what I do, and not go on a single ride and just have and still have a good time. I could just enjoy the sights, listen to the music, you know, check out a couple of the bands that play around World Showcase, check out some of the offerings that they have in Future World, and I'd, I'd be a happy guy. Probably, I have to refer to this. Okay, now of course, growing up. I'm, I'm still going to refer to, like, movies. I've got more experience with movies than I do parks. But, uh, you know, growing up, you, I had seen, you know, a few of the classic films, of the Disney films. I really loved them. Loved Mary Poppins. But I think the one that really was that turning point that started really turning me into a Disney geek was The Little Mermaid. Well, that, the 90s revolution kind of began. And uh, the, the thing that kind of stuck out with me, after I was had watched the movie, I always had in my head the bit there... Uh, where Ariel is, is singing and her voice is taken away. That tune just got stuck in my head and stuck in my head. And then when I got a copy of the soundtrack from my buddy Phil, I realized, oh, wait a minute, that's the melody of Part of Your World. And that song is still, it's Jody Benson's voice, the way she sings and everything is just brilliant, and that has got to be on the list. Looking around here, you think, sure, she's got everything. I've got gadgets and gizmos aplenty. 
I've got who's it's and what's it's galore. For me, it was like it was like a turning point song of like, oh my gosh, this is the kind of stuff I've got to watch all the time. So now some of the '90s films not so great, but most of them were just brilliant. Absolutely. And part of your world is like that turning point to me, where it's just like, oh man, I gotta, I, you know, that was the point that I started making sure I went to the theater to watch Disney movies, not just renting videotapes. I'm with you. Really, how do you go wrong with the Little Mermaid? I mean, it's it's a classic Disney Renaissance movie. Oh yeah. And actually, the favorite Disney princess of mine because she was the first Disney princess that I remember that actually was funny. Because you go back, you know, you know, Cinderella's kind of interesting, you know, Snow White's kind of got this kind of personality. But finally, Ariel was a princess with personality, and it was hilarious, especially when she couldn't talk and all the crazy pantomime stuff that came with it. I was cracking up. Absolutely. It's, and she was a deviation from the typical damsel in distress, I'm helpless, hey, I need some man to come save me because I just can't function or whatever, and... She was different. Because she was different because she wanted to fall in love with her dude instead of just having bad happening to her. She actually sort of caused it to happen to yeah. her, and it. <laughs> she she made her own mess. Big and it, it kind of sort of worked out in the end, I do believe. Yeah, at least in the Disney version. Uh, if you if ever want to read the Hans Christian Andersen version, not quite as nice. <laughs> Are you saying Disney tends to sanitize and make things nicey-nice? Give you a happy ending, at least. <laughs> I, I don't mind that. Now, of course, Pocahontas, it kind of bothered me what they did with that. But uh, yeah, we can skip over that movie. <laughs> you know, I, I tend to. <laughs> it's not one of... It, it's good. It's not one of my favorites. It's so preachy. The first time I saw it, I was like, well, that was not bad. Then I saw it a second time, like, oh, my gosh, I feel like I've, had, I've been beaten over the head with some kind of weird message. Pocahontas 2, a.k.a. Avatar. <laughs> a.k.a. I didn't watch that one. <laughs> a.k.a. I fell asleep an hour into the Blu-ray and haven't gone back. <laughs> well, I haven't seen Avatar yet either because I heard, oh, look, Dancing with Wolves, only with Smurfs. <laughs> and they're blue and look like giraffes. <laughs> yep. I, I couldn't I, I couldn't quite figure it out, so I, I think my brain just said, all right, it's time to take a little nap. Yeah. I'll probably have to go back to it at some point, but well, it's, yeah. not, it's not the not the top of my list. When they open up the Pandora Land, you'll just have to check it out and then say, "Oh, well, maybe I could stomach this." Maybe so, we'll see. We'll see. All right. So next on your list, you kind of hit the uh, hit where I was going to go. Um, I am in a huge Mary Poppins fan. Oh yeah. It is probably my favorite Disney movie out of all of them. With Darby O'Gill and the little people playing a very close second. I mean, oh, I, yeah. I like to, I, I tend to drift a drift aside from the mainstream a little bit. Um, but between Darby O'Gill and Mary Poppins, I, I don't think you can really go wrong either way. Um, but how do you narrow down one song from Mary Poppins? It's almost impossible because the entire soundtrack is amazing. Yeah. But there is I'm, one song that comes to mind, I'm sure. <laughs> it's the word you use when you don't know what to say. And what word might that be? Super <laughs> Yep, I don't even know how to spell it, so I'm writing it down on the list, and I'm just going to say super Supercalifragilistic expialidocious. It starts with an S, <laughs> and then a whole bunch, and then a whole bunch of other letters. 
Cause I was afraid to speak Well I was just a lad My father gave me nails that tweet Told me I was bad But then one day I learned a word To save me aching nose The biggest word you ever heard And this is how it goes Oh, yeah, crooked letter, humpback, uh, humpback eye, and all that kind of thing. It starts with super, so if we get that far. <laughs> but it's, it's just a, it's just a cool song, and the fact that they made up a word that absurd. Oh yeah. And then wrapped an entire song around it and gave it an awesome beat. And even and made it. The, and then animated it with live action. Oh yeah. It's it's like. Whatever, whatever was in the water that day, I would love to have a sip of because that was really good stuff. Yeah, when they invent water that makes you brilliant, I'd tell you what, somebody's going to be rich. Yeah, I'd probably stop drinking so much Pepsi at that point. <laughs> yeah. So I could, I could actually keep on that same vein for something I wrote down that I was thinking. Well, that would be kind of an honorable mention because there's a, there's an obvious song really, and I'm surprised you didn't go with. But you're probably also thinking everybody would think this song. But it's not actually next on my list, but there is one coming that I kind of thought, oh, well, that's going to be an obvious. But anyways, I'll move on to the next on my list here. Hmm. Just you, you, have, you, you, have my, you have the little you have the little hamster wheel in my brain spinning. Oh. Well, I'll go ahead and jump to my, my, my Mary Poppins song. Feed the Birds. Okay, it's obvious. I know. It is like the Walt favorite song, but I... The main part of that song, and I think the, the main memory I would always get when I was a kid, is not necessarily the lyrics or the meaning of the song, but the bridge, uh, the bridge music, the... Da, 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 I don't know, but that's just beautiful music. It sure is. And, and I think the uh, Sherman the Sherman brothers outdid themselves on that, uh, oh, yeah. that whole thing. I mean, that's quintessential. I know I've used that word a few times, but... It's a good they, word. They, they nailed it. I mean, yeah. And I completely, when I found out later, you know, as an adult, I started understanding the meaning of the song. I'm like, oh, this is so deep. And then through, you know, listening to Disney podcasts, finding out the story of how that was Walt's favorite song and how he used to go and uh, at the end of the day and go and call the Shermans over and say, hey, play the song. And knowing that that was the song. And it made it that much more special when I was watching Saving Mr. Banks, knowing about that. And when they played that song and having, you know, Tom Hanks as Walt Disney, just, just embodying Walt Disney when he'd come in and was just listening to that. I was like, okay, don't tear up, don't tear up, don't tear up. Uh, just that song becomes even more special when you realize how special it was to Walt because you're like, oh, I totally get that. Oh man, it's such a hard list because there's so many good songs. Oh yeah. Um, I had to think about it for a week before I made my list. So. <laughs> well, thanks, thank, thanks for the ten minutes of heads up. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> I am gonna go and I'm gonna I'm gonna give a tip of the hat to. Disney's California Adventure, and my buddy Paul Barry. Hi, Paul. <laughs> Hi, Paul. Love yeah, you, buddy. I don't think he listens to me, though. Unfortunately. <laughs> well, he, he, he's he's listening in spirit. Sure. Um, a tip of the hat and a and a nod to Aladdin, a musical spectacular at Disney's California Adventure for. For making me, for making me realize that Aladdin is one of my favorite Disney movies that I never even knew I liked. 
cherries out ahead a thousand tails. Master you in luck, cause up your sleeves, you got a brand of magic never fails. You got <laughs> the music in that movie is incredible. From Friend Like Me to the Prince Ali song to A Whole New World. They're they're just song after song. They're just they're they're great. Yeah. If I had to pick one and I only get to pick one. Yep. I'm going friend like me. Oh yeah. Because Robin Williams just he 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 hit a he hit it into the upper deck on that one. Yeah, I didn't even know he could sing until that song. <laughs> it was pretty darn good. Oh yeah. And I don't. I, it, I really don't even think it needs. Any, it doesn't even need any explaining or any justification. It's just an awesome song. Yeah, and it's it's toe tapping good, and it has it's, it'll make you laugh while you're watching it. So it's like the first time you see the movie, you can't follow it because you're too busy kind of laughing at some of the antics and some of the things they've animated. That is not to like the I don't know tenth time that you watch it, you're able to just sit down, and listen to the song, and say this is just a cool song. Absolutely, and when you get to California Adventure, if you've never seen the Latin music, the musical spectacular in DCA, you absolutely have to see it. It is the best Disney live-action stage show in any park, hands down. I challenge you and defy you to argue with me on it. I'm adding it to the list of must-do. It is awesome. It's about 40 minutes, give or take. Um... The Friend Like Me sequence is Broadway on steroids. I can't believe they had all that equipment and theming and, you know, stage material ready to go that quick. And it's just really, really good. And the genie has about three or four parts where he gets to ad-lib. And, and some of his cracks are current and topical. Cool. It's the same general spiel. It's the same joke. But he can ad-lib in. You know, he'll, he'll add lib in a Kim Kardashian joke, or he'll add lib in a Lindsay Lohan, or whoever the whoever the Hollywood flunky du jour is. And, and and there's there's like I said, there's three or four different spots that they work it in, and it's literally split your sides funny because you don't know it's coming. I wonder how much of that'll be integrated because they they've developed a full Broadway version of Aladdin. I don't know when it's supposed to open. It might already be open as far as I know, but I kind of wonder how much they were able to integrate in from that stage version when they can actually stretch it out and spend more time on it and maybe even develop some of the characters a little more. Yeah, I've got to get to New York City one of these years and see some of these shows. Well, I'm only about two hours away, and my wife's from New York City. My, my father-in-law lives very, very close to New York City. I really don't have an excuse other than I just haven't gone because between Aladdin and Mary Poppins, I'd love to see them both. Yeah. The Lion King, I could have taken her. Li I could have taken her left. I'm not the biggest Lion King fan in the world, but Aladdin and Mary Poppins, they would they would have me at hello. Yeah, uh, those are two that I haven't seen. The one, and actually, good transition here. The one of the Broadway musicals that I did manage to see, and I've seen it, uh, I think, three different times now. Once actually at a uh, uh, we, we call it Starlight Theater here in Kansas City. They basically do Broadway style shows over the summer in an outdoor theater. Uh, then I've seen a homeschool group perform this, and then I've also seen it done in like a theater in the park thing. We're just here in Gladstone. I'm in a suburb of Kansas City where they've performed it. And actually, the homeschool group did better than the Gladstone area, but it's Beauty and the Beast. 
fantastically translated onto Broadway, and there's actually a song in here that was not in the movie that I really wish when they did the kind of the re-release there and they added in uh, the new song Human Again in there, I really wish they would have had this song in there because it really fleshes out the character of the Beast. It's a song called If I Can't Love Her. Where's not the slightest trace of anything that even hints at And from my tortured shape No comfort, no escape I see, but deep within is utter blindness Hopeless As my dream dies As the time flies Love lost Illusion Helpless Unforgiven Cold and driven To this sad Conclusion No Beauty could Improve me No power on earth If I can't love her And it's got even a reprise in there But it, it fleshes out, you know you've, you've got single lines in the film Where they talk about him falling into a Kind of a depression and despair over the years But this is a song that kind of uh, It happens right after he's chased Belle out of the West Wing and he just like in in the regret of oh what did I just do, he just kind of goes into this depression. It's this really great song. It's like you know I basically it's kind of like I'm dooming myself if I can't learn how to love her, and if I can't learn to love her, you know just let the world be done with me. So it's like this suicidal kind of song, and it, it kind of really sets it off as kind of the finale of the, of the uh, well I don't know if you would call it you know end of second act or whatever. So it's right before the intermission. Uh, so then you get this intermission and it comes back, of course, with the wolf chase. And then, of course, later, with the reprise, after he's let Belle go, they reprise this song, and it's, If She Can't Love Me. And it kind of turns around, but it is still back to that despair of like, well, I've learned how to love now, but I have to win her love back. Apparently I didn't, because she's so willing to leave, and she probably will never come back again. But it's just this great song, and I don't know if you've ever seen the Broadway version of Beauty and the Beast. I, I have not, but you, now you now you got me. In, you have another one on my list now that I need to uh, go take care of. So now now I need even more time and more a couple more bucks. But I got to start knocking some of these things out, man. Yeah, because I think it's only strictly touring now. But you might even find a local high school doing it. I did. There was a high school here in the area that did it a couple of years ago, but I didn't get a chance to get out there to see it. So you know, I don't know if the high school could do it with the the quality of the Broadway style cast. But it's such a good show, and that's. That is pretty much like nearly my all-time favorite Disney movies, Beauty and the Beast. All right, well, moving on. What is your next on your list? I'm going to go back to Epcot again. Of course. And I'm going to go with the Illuminations Fireworks Spectacular. Oh, yes, I've heard that. But I'm going to plus it. Good evening. This is Walter Cronkite. Tonight, we welcome you to a joyous celebration of the season. 
Welcome to Holiday Illuminations. And I'm going to put the holiday tag on the end of it. From around Thanksgiving-ish through New Year's, they add an extra three and a half to four minute musical tag on the end of it. Basically, narrated by Walter Cronkite. Wow. Sung to the tune of Let There Be Peace on Earth. Hmm. And I think the finale, they blow off more fireworks in in the couple-second finale than they do in almost the entire show up to that point, to the point where the ground actually shakes. Wow. And, and the Let There Be Peace on Earth, has it has like a choir-type sound to it, and it's it, it definitely has it has an emotional kick to it um part of the reason i love it so much is i like illuminations it's one of my favorite fireworks shows I, I like it more than the magic kingdom fireworks um but the let there be peace on earth that was my grandmother's favorite song and she's been gone for 13 and cha- 13 years and change now and it's it's a couple minute reminder that she's still here with us in spirit there's there is a bigger picture out there and it's an op- it's an optimistic hopeful song that the world can become a better place and then they just almost knock you down with the fireworks at the very end so i mean the whole if you take the whole thing as a package it's going to be it's it's hard to it's hard to not love it uh hans zimmer which at the time i had not heard of this guy and i you know at when I was in my teens, because I was playing in marching band and concert band, I used to play trumpet. I wasn't very good at it, but I played it. Uh, I had kind of a, and I still do have a taste for that kind of, uh, you know, instrumental and scoring type of music. Uh, not really into the classics, but uh, to me, a lot of the, the modern guys who are composing for film are like those classic composers, except for they're more telling more of a story because they have a story going on on screen and they're using music to tell, also tell that story. But Hans Zimmer did the scoring to the Lion King and if I was going to be specific uh, there's this main theme that goes on the Lion King like uh, there's I don't remember I recall one scene where it's kind of just showing kind of the plains and some of the the, uh, well geography or whatever the landscapes and how this rain kind of sweeps through and it's also the same theme that kind of jumps up when Simba is stepping up that rock big main thing comes out there just always I don't know it just kind of reaches into your soul and just brings you up and just brings ah you know I can't explain it any better than that <laughs> you know I thought you were going to go in a different direction with Hans Zimmer I don't know which other direction to go other than I know he did Amazing Spider-Man 2 so I'm looking forward to what he did although James Horner did the first one and I kind of like James Horner better but that's another story <laughs> I do believe Hans Zimmer was involved in a fairly obscure movie known as Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes, he was. Yeah, I mean, it never, yeah, I guess it really didn't catch on and, you know, it just wasn't really that popular and all, but... 
only some guy named Johnny Depp that everybody now seems to think he's the greatest thing since uh, uh, John Wayne or something. I don't know. <laughs> the greatest thing since Twenty One Jump Street. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's where I thought you were going to go, and oh, I was no. I was ready to agree with you 100 percent because I the the scoring for Pirates of the Caribbean all the movies is incredible. Yeah, I gotta say that it's pretty good. I didn't buy any of those soundtracks, but the main theme of it it does have that great feel to it. I'm gonna go one more nod to the Sherman Brothers, and in honor of Carousel Progress's 50th anniversary, which was just two days ago. As of this recording, I'm going to go with Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow. There's a great big beautiful tomorrow, shining at the end of every day. Again, an upbeat, optimistic song, celebrating where we've come from and where we're going. With an added bonus, there's a video clip out there of Walt Disney singing it with the Sherman Brothers. Oh my goodness. You know, it's one of those things, there's nothing, like, sexy about it, there's nothing glamorous about it, you know, it's not Rock and Roller Coaster or the Tower of Terror or anything like that, but it's just a cool show to realize, one, now that it is 50 years old, but just the technical aspect of building a theater with, an, with animatronic characters talking to you, with a with a stage that rotates around the entire I mean with a theater that rotates around the entire stage and then having the stages to the right and the left that rotate for additional scenes and then again under the premise of it's 50 years old yeah and it's just and it still has a degree of it's got a degree of humor to it a little bit of tongue in cheek humor it's you know it's got some cutesiness to it no privacy at all in this place do you, by the way, do you know who says that? Mel Blank. Yes. Absolutely. You got that, too. Not to mention the fact it's the only thing, Disney, that I can possibly think of that actually has a toilet joke to it. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, I'm gonna go. Oh, I'm just going to throw together all these honorable mention things, because there are some things I kind of thought would probably be like a given. Um, so let me go do the honorable mention things first. I'm going to say, okay, because the majority of people, uh, and you, you've already probably figured this out about me, absolutely love The Haunted Mansion. Yes. Uh, and, heck, I'm, I'm weird. Okay, I became a fan of The Haunted Mansion uh, probably back maybe 2000, 2001. It was when I was still dating my, my now wife, but we were still dating, and uh, we still had a Disney store in a mall around here that's now actually about to be torn down. We had it, So we had a Disney store, and I went in there, and I found a tape. That it says a spooky night in the in Disney's haunted mansion. I was like, well, cool. It was around Halloween time. I said, like, cool. I'd like something spooky to listen to. It's Halloween time, and it was actually a cassette recording of the old vinyl with uh, Ron Howard in there. Uh, yes, 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 yes. I heard that and I was like, oh, this is really kind of cool. But I didn't completely understand the descriptions that were going on. But I was like, this must be what the ride is like or something. And I, I started just listening to that all the time. And then that movie came out. And now it wasn't the greatest movie. I still had fun with it. But it was kind of neat to kind of see some things fleshed out and hear some of the music, the, the scoring. And I was like, oh, this is just like my take. This is great. 
So then I started, you know, later on, I started kind of looking at YouTube stuff, and uh, I found DoomBuggies.com, and I looked at all the pictures, and I was like, this is really cool. So when I got to Walt Disney World, I was like, okay, I know we're trying to circle around the park, but I was always eyeballing. I spotted that Haunted Mansion, and I was like, we're going to get over there eventually, and I'm going to ride this as many doggone times as I can. So I have to mention Grim Grinning Ghosts in all its iterations, be it when it's playing in the ballroom, when it's playing low and spooky, or when you get to the graveyard and it's being rocked out. Those creak and the tombstones quake. Spooks come out for swing and wake. Happy haunts materialize. And begin to vocalize. Grim Grinning Ghosts come out to socialize. Gotta love Grim Grinning Ghosts. Yes. Honorable mention. I will, I I will. Somebody's going to mention it if I don't, but you didn't, so... <laughs> I, will, I will stipulate to that one. Yeah. Good call. Good call. It would have been cool, though, on that seat, on the tape and CV that you're talking about. It would have been cool if they would have had Paul Freeze as the ghost host instead of Pete Renaday. Not not that I'm knocking Pete Renaday's version as the ghost host, but when you've been on the ride as many times as a lot of us have, it's 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 a little bit... It seems a little bit disjointed to hear Pete Renaday as the ghost host. Yeah, well, since I come from the tape with Pete Renaday, when I heard Paul Freeze, I was like, well, this is different. Oh, but I like him. <laughs> it's Especially because I recognized his voice. I'm like, wait a minute. This is Burger Meister Meisterburger, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you recognize his voice from, like, basically everything else in Walt Disney World. Yes. Everything Walt Disney World, even some Hanna-Barbera stuff. Uh, Boris Badenov. Yes, Boris Badenov. Just, Paul Freeze was the man. He, I think he did more voice work than Mel Blanc, I think. I don't know. He's everywhere. Next thing that I'm going to put is an honorable mention, and it's another ride thing. And uh, it's a ride I really wish I hadn't missed. We saw it, but we didn't know what it was. And I was not the one calling the shots most of the time I was there, because I, I was kind of the rookie. But Soren, that Jerry Goldsmith score. Oh, my God. It is excellent. It, it is. is. It is really excellent. That's one of the ones that I... Uh, other than having to track down on the internet to try to find like a download of it, uh, when my friends just this past uh, October, I mentioned they went to Disney World. I saved up some money and I and I told them they just released a brand new soundtrack to, to Disney World. Make sure you get it for me. All right, next thing that I was going to put as an honorable mention. Now, apparently, not everybody really likes this movie, but you know, before I even had seen Peach Dragon, I had, I got on a CD set that my wife had, Candle on the Water. Helen Ready. Oh, yes. Yeah, very, very touching, emotional song. Yes. The final, final, well, okay, after the honorable mention section, this is actually would be my sixth, and I have to put this up here. Uh, okay, other than Little Mermaid, of course, I mentioned was kind of like that big turning point that turned me into a Disney geek. But one of the first Disney films that I saw that we had rented that I ended up having to watch repeatedly... And the same night that we rented, I watched it like two, maybe three times, was Lady and the Tramp. And so just because of that, I have to put in Bella Note in there, because it is probably the most famous song from that movie. But still to this day, I absolutely love that movie. It is just great. Just I'm kind of a dog person. Granted, we have a cat here. But I'm kind of a dog person, and just I mean, some of the behaviors at the beginning of it, you know, when with Lady as a puppy, we've I've gone through so many puppies. I'm like, yes, exactly, that's what they do. And so I absolutely adored that movie. I even bought the book novelization when I was a little kid of it, and there was a Bella Note. It was a great song in there. It's a fun song, 
and uh, it, it just fits the movie. Wonderful, wonderful film, and so that's going to have to be my uh, my number six. Hard to argue with that one. Too. I mean, here here's the problem: there are so many good songs. It's actually easier to pick the ones you don't like than it is the ones that you like the most. Yeah, it, it's it's really, and I'll give a tip of the hat to my buddy Dennis, who we we were down in, uh, in Disney last year during Pixelmania, and we were talking about how good just the in-house park music is, the live entertainment. And he basically said, he goes, dude, it's hard to find bad music around Disney. Yeah. And, and, and you know, that resonated, and he's he's absolutely right. Like I said, it's probably easier to find six songs I don't like versus the six that I like the most, because there's so much of it. It's just, it's just so good. Yeah. All right. Have always a, a pleasure. With, always a pleasure. With, yeah, man. Always a pleasure. Let's do it again sometime. And with that, I'd like to bring this extra long Neverland podcast to a close. Do not forget to visit our website, NeverlandPodcast.com. Email us, podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. And also on those pages, you can find links to our Twitter and our Facebook page. Subscribe on uh, to Stitcher or through iTunes. And please take the time to write a review and share those links with your friends. All right. Yeah, everybody have a magical day. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.